0: This is Wax Mechanics, and you're tuned in to Underground Opolis. All right, I'm here with Erie Vaughn, formerly of Sam Hain. Do I say that right? Is it is it actually Sam Hain or is or is it like the old Halloween version that like they talk about Halloween movie, the
1: Yeah, well that's the that's the perfect pronunciation, but we always figured it was too confusing for people, so <laughs> we just went with the um, the spelling, I guess. Uh, that was mostly up to Glenn, but we still got... Uh, people would put in, like, Sam, Hayne, you know, the, then we'd get the gigs, and they'd say, which one of you guys is Sam? You know? <laughs> which one's like pink? So,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, which one's pink? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we just went with that, and uh, people
0: say what, however they want to say it, you know. So, uh, There was somebody that you could narrow down that you saw maybe on TV or a concert or whatever that you said, I want to do that. Is, is, could you narrow that down to to somebody?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Elvis. You know, yeah. um, I was probably seven, eight years old. Um, they started playing, um, they started selling this uh, Two, two records set on TV and, you know, how they do that. They they show pictures and they have the list of the songs and they play little snippets from each song, you know, during the commercial. And it was on so much that I learned the songs, like at least those little parts. And I was just like, I really want to get this record. So me and my dad, you know, he said, well, you pay half and I'll pay half. And I think it was like 6 or $7. And, and then the uh, big um, satellite show from Hawaii was coming on. I guess that's why they were selling that record. And I saw that I could only watch the first five songs and I had to go to bed, I think. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I want to do that. (laughs) You know, so that's, that's definitely it because I just, you know, I got, got that, those two records and then, you know, learned all the songs and, you know, just was like, yeah, this is really cool. I want, I want to do this, you know, so that was pretty much
0: it. You played bass in Danzig and Sam Samhain. Mm-hmm. That's not all you play, though. I started out on drums. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> right. Now, now, now I play, like, you know, I
1: play a little guitar, I play some slide, you know. I just play, you know, what I need to play to write my songs and record my stuff. And, you know, I try to get better, you know, and I kind of make up my own thing as I go along, you know. Not really, not knowing exactly what, what some chords are, but it sounds okay. I just go with it, you know. So I, I can fake a, quite a few instruments.
0: So do you play all the instruments on your solo album? Albums? Yeah, pretty much. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I was, you know, there was no one else around at the time. So, you know, it's either wait and try to find somebody or just do it yourself. So, you know. That's, I always was like, well, I'm always here, so I could record at three o'clock in the morning. So, right. You know, I just did that. It's easier.
0: Do you have a particular creative process?
1: Nah, I usually just write words. And, um, you know, if I, if it, you know, once you get like a past the first uh, verse or so, you know, it's just like, okay, well, if it keeps coming then you just keep writing it down and then, you know, if it's like a song form, you know, yeah. then you write it down like that. And then you go, oh, okay, well, we've got a chorus. So do we need a bridge in this? You know, should, should I put in a bridge? It's like, well, let's put in a bridge and see what happens, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, but I did, I did a whole record that uh, got lost on the hard drive because I was using digital for the first time many years ago. And I didn't, I wrote all the songs all the music and played everything and, but I didn't have the words and I, I couldn't figure out, you know, I couldn't get the words to fit the song. So I, I stopped doing that and just said, well, I'm just going to write, write the words out and then pick up the guitar and make song out of it. So that's the way I work now. You know,
0: how did you get involved with misfits and Danzig?
1: Yeah. Well, we just, uh, G- Glenn and Jerry went to the same high school I went to, but they had graduated a couple of years before. So me and Doyle were in, seventh eighth grade together um and we had lunch every day in eighth grade I think got to be friends and then went to high school we were still friends and you know he was just like our brother's in a band you know and told me about it stuff and I was like oh cool you know you know what's it like or whatever and he said oh I'll um, uh, I'll make you a tape of some of the stuff and he made me a an eight track tape and had all this, like, static age and and uh what they call the 12 hits from hell stuff that never came out. And he gave me uh the Bullet and the um Hard Business records just one day at school. And I just went home and started listening to it. And he was just like, yeah, you should get back into playing the drums, you know. We always need a drummer, so, you know, just uh, learn all the Misfit songs. So that's pretty much what I did. I was already taking pictures for a couple of years. And he just said one day, "Why do to you take pictures of the misfits?" And I said, "Okay, fine." You know, and that just happened. And and I met Glenn and and Googie, and I already knew Jerry, and uh, that was it. Glenn and I became friends, and we kept talking, kept hanging out, and you know, uh, when he wanted to start a new band, I was there. And I was just he's like, "You want to do the band with me?" And I'm like, "Yeah,
0: well, why not?"
1: You know, so. You know, he already wrote all these good songs and stuff. He's a great singer, so I was just like, "Well, we got that covered."
0: You yeah, know? he really is. <laughs> he's he's yeah, kind of so. kind of underappreciated in some ways, man. He's how really good of a vocalist he is. But, was Doyle always that huge? <laughs> no. Really No, he was
1: um he was he was a tall, skinny shit, you know, back then. Um and he was like real crazy and it was you know, it's more like punk rock stuff. He wore crazy clothes and, and colors and dyed his hair every month a different color and he didn't get in he didn't become like, you know, Doyle till like after this first Misfits tour after Walk Among Us came out and then he started to get a little bit bigger. And but that was just because he was getting older and stuff. By ten, that time, he was a senior, because um, so you know he just uh, just developed and then worked out a lot. Him and Jerry used to work out all the time, and he just kept getting bigger. And that's the way you know the way it is.
0: Do you have a particular favorite show that you can narrow down that you could tell us about?
1: Well, my favorite Dandy show is uh, the Halloween one that we did. It was us and White Zombie and. Uh, I can't remember who else, but it was in Ir- Irvine Meadows Amphitheater in California. And it was like 14,000 people sold out Halloween night, you know, bonfires and, you know, just total like punk rock mayhem. You know, it was just p- tremendous. And I was just really happy. And then they captured some of it on that live mother video, which I'm glad that's out there because, and you can kind of get a, an idea what it was really like to, to be at one of our shows, you know, with that many people going that crazy, you know.
0: So that's right. my favorite one. Here's the counter question. Is there a least favorite show show that you <laughs> care to collaborate about? No. Oh, uh, I love that, that I question. I can
1: remember. You probably, you probably just forget those, but there wasn't a whole lot of them. Um, you know, uh. I can't think of anything. We pretty much went all out every time, and it was always cool. And same thing with Sam Samhain. We always gave everything we had. And uh, the only thing that would be, be a drag is if, you know, you're thrown in a van or whatever and you break down. We broke down in El Paso once in Samhain, and we're stuck there for, like, three or four days because they couldn't get the part for the truck we were driving and missed, like, two big shows. So that was money that was going to help us get to the next shows and stuff. So that was kind of a drag, you know. But other than that, everything was always, like, just the shows were great, you know. And and the recording sessions were always good. I mean, I pretty much can't complain, you know.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, they think it's just, oh, they're, they've got a video on MTV, which back then you probably didn't, you know, because it wasn't. It wasn't, well, it might, it was probably around there in Sam Hain, but. Yeah, you know, maybe.
1: It, oh, so, well, yeah, yeah. MTV started in like 82, so Sam Hain started in 84. But yeah, we didn't have any videos. We talked about it, but, uh, we were going to make videos that were like kind of little horror movies, and we were just going to have the sound, be the sa- soundtrack. We didn't talk about being in the videos. We just never got around to it. And then, you know, the Danzig stuff, they didn't play us. Hardly ever, even on Headbangers Ball, they wouldn't play our stuff because it was too crazy, you know. And they they thought Glenn was serious about all this shit, you know. So um, after the after we sent them the first Mother one with the sacrifices and all that, um, and the pentagrams and shit, they were just like, "Yeah, we're not playing this band," you know. So and then they didn't play us until like they changed, like the, whoever was the made the decision, you know. They new people come and go and stuff and and uh eventually when we did the live video whoever was there said yeah this is good we'll play this and then they played it a bunch and we sold some records you know
0: what is it like to have one of the biggest songs of the world at one time speaking of others i don't know it was just it was
1: was just kind of cool that you could hear it on the radio or you know, I mean, I never watched MTV, but when they said they were going to play it, of course you want to turn it on and see if they play it. And then they're playing it like five times a day, you know, at least, you know, during the day, which was I thought was pretty good. So yeah, it was awesome. I mean, the first time we went to California for a couple of shows or on a tour or whatever, um, we we pulled in or from the airport. And heard the song on the radio, you know, and that's always a thrill, especially the first time, you know. I mean, it, it's great no matter when, but the first time you hear your song on the radio, it's just like nothing
0: else, you know. It's just it's a really great feeling, you know. It's like holy shit, we're on the radio. This is great, you know. You just mentioned talking about touring, and people always think that, uh you know, it's like, oh, they're they're touring and stuff. They're they're making all kinds of money. They're they're. They're going to wild parties and, you know, just living the high life. It's not like that, is it? <laughs> it's a, no. It's not. It's, well, a, it's some, of,
1: some, some of it is. I mean, but you've got to remember, we got to pay for that bus. You know, we got to pay for everybody in the crew that's, like, setting up our gear and making sure everything runs smoothly. All those guys get paid before we do. And then we got to pay for all the hotels, for all those guys, for, for everybody in the band, you know, uh Everything basically comes out of the band's money, so you know it's you got to you, you got to make a lot of money to actually make any money, you know. So it's like, yeah, we don't own the van. I mean, the bus. The bus at that time is probably twenty five hundred dollars a week plus gas plus plus a driver, you know. So right there, you take okay, that's about you know five thousand dollars a week off the top. Right there, you know. And uh, then we had to pay for the merchandise guy to drive his truck around, you know, and all that. It's, it's just, you know, it's ridiculous. Everything comes down to you. So, uh, you yeah, know, the records aren't made of gold either, you know. Well, so, uh, this is, yeah, if they were, you know, then it'd be easier to hawk uh, to them, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, they're not. You know? well, not sure. So, uh, Yeah, and and as far as, like, all the other stuff is basically, you know, we weren't real party animals we were really into playing and and uh and just making people go crazy and just making people happy and that was that was the thing we really dug was doing the show because we loved the music and it was just really cool so yeah we were there was parties here and there but nothing nothing super crazy you know no uh rolling stones motley crue type stuff you know or, just, yeah. uh, just 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 uh, hey after the show i was just happy to Have a few drinks and, you know, talk about the gig and maybe listen to a tape of the show and, and just, uh, uh, chill out because it takes you hours to to calm down after that. And then just make it to the next, make it to the next thing. It was, it was really all about that one hour, hour and a half that you're, you're on stage. Otherwise you, that's your whole day is geared towards doing that show. So everything else is, is really inconsequential, you know.
0: Yeah. Don't get a lot of support from the record companies like people think you do.
1: Well sometimes, you know, especially if you're selling a ton of records, oh then they love you. But yeah. if you gotta if you if they gotta really push the records and stuff, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, it's, they'll do certain things, but then, you know, they call up Glenn and say, Hey, we got this opportunity, how about you do this? How about you do that? And Glenn would just go no You know, so <laughs> they it was a lot of there was a lot of butting heads over, like, creative, you know, like what w- what the band should be like because Glenn was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this or whatever, you know. So uh, the record company sometimes didn't know how to handle
0: it, you know. One of the few people that say this, my favorite album was Two, Lucy, Lucy Fuge. Yeah, that's good. I, I I absolutely love that. Everybody, most people's favorite album was the first one. My favorite album was – that was probably, which I do love that album, that's probably like third on the list. <laughs> I thought How the God Kill was incredible. but I guess because Fuge was the first album, Danzig album I heard. Yeah. You know, I was a teenager or whatever. and uh, I think that's probably, I think it was the first album I heard. And so That's why, I mean, I love Snakes of Christ. <laughs> I just think that song's good. a long way back from hell. It, oh yeah they're such great such great songs do you have a particular yeah, I, I favorite like the, album i like
1: it better i like it better than the first album because it sounded more like us you know like the first album's so dry and the songs are great i'd love to hear the first album sound like loose fuse you know just a little bit more atmosphere not so you know uh, just just cringingly dry there's no reverb on anything and you know, I I don't like that. See, Lucifer sounded like the band, you know. And then how the God's Kill sounded like exactly the way we sounded because the, we were we were so we we had played so much and we rehearsed so much that we just went in, recorded everything like one two takes, and that was what the band sounded like. But you know, like the first album, oh, it was just ugh. It's, I love the songs and and they were
0: great to play live, but I I don't like the record at all, you know. <laughs> Oh, it, it it does have some good songs. It it, it does. But like oh, to, yeah, so they're all uh, like That would be probably third on my list. I, I just love How the Gods Kill. I love Lucifer. Yeah. And, uh, if somebody
1: could go in and, like, you know, remix it, you know, that would be great. Uh, it would, you know, but, I mean, a lot of people like it because it sounds the way it sounds. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, well, the reason it sounds that way is because Ruben hadn't done a lot of guitar oriented stuff. He did Slayer and then he was just working with the cult on their their uh big rock and roll record, Electric. And it sounded like our record did. It was like six months later, our record sounded just like the production guy heard in, in the studio him doing with the cult. And I was just like, Yeah, I don't like it. You know, so. <laughs> I never oh. talked to Glenn about it. I don't know if he liked it or not. It's just like if you don't like it, then you just try to make the next one better. So that's just the way it is. You got to live
0: with it. Once it gets out there, you got to live with it. Yeah, I, I do understand that. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've, I've made a bad album before. <laughs> I've made a good album too, but I've made a bad album before. <laughs> Everybody makes a
1: bad album once in a while. But I, it's not a bad album. I just don't like the way it sounds. But that's a difference of opinion, you know. Oh, mine was. <laughs> oh, you well, there you go. Well, you got you just you learn from it and you move on and you hope
0: you make a better one next time. <laughs> uh, do you? What would be like your favorite Sam Samhain song? Mine would be my mine would be our, Archangel. But.
1: Yeah, that was like the first one ever. I don't. It's not my favorite, um, but I like uh, most of the stuff off November Coming Fire. Um, I think that's our best record, and it sounds you know, better than the other ones. Um all the songs were really fun to play. I like All Murder, All Guts All Fun. Um, you know, uh the first album with Sam Hain and Black Dream on it and stuff. Um, those songs are all great. I just wish it could have been recorded better as well. Um but yeah, I like I like most of the stuff off the the third one, November Coming Fire. I don't have any real favorites, you know.
0: You're also a photographer. You paint mm-hmm. and draw, mm-hmm. would you like to elaborate on that some? I started
1: drawing when I was like five, and then I started painting after that, probably a little bit later um just copied like comics out of the newspaper and stuff and just when I got to to you know grade school where they had art classes. I started to, to get better at it and then it just became a thing that I never stopped doing and uh, just kept kept doing all, all you know, probably didn't do as much during the band years because I didn't have as much time but uh started painting again full time in like 99 so that's a good 20 something years and I've been uh, take, I started taking pictures my dad had got a camera, started taking pictures when I was like 8 and then I had a little instamatic camera, you know. Used to get them for Christmas and stuff, and and then I would take pictures with those and get them developed at the local, you know, you know, right aid or whatever. And then got let my dad let me use the real camera for a while, and then he's he, he kind of lost, you know, interest in the hobby. So I kind of inherited the camera and then just started taking pictures in middle school mostly girls and stuff, you know, because it's a good opening line. You go, oh, I, let me take your picture, you know. And then, of course, you got to give them a copy, and then that's another conversation. And then I started shooting uh, high school football and baseball and basketball, and that's around the same time as the mystic stuff happened because that I'd get called out of class and say, oh, you got to go take a picture of the Glee Club or, uh, you know, the, the uh, Home Economics Club or whatever. So, I did all that stuff for the yearbooks. And then uh just, you know, when I started shooting the Misfits and anybody else that I knew that wanted pictures, you know, just take pictures of them and kept doing the football and baseball stuff and all that. So, you know, that was it. And I just kept the camera around all the time when we went on the road. Except for Sam Haines, I was afraid I was going to lose it. My dad would have killed me. So I have hardly any Sam Hain pictures, you know. Mostly everybody else puts pictures of us, you know. And that's about it. So I still shoot whenever I feel like it or if a friend of mine's coming in town and they're doing a show, I'll go and take pictures of them, you know, things like that. But I don't do it as much as I used to. I mostly paint now.
0: How many solo albums you have? What, four? Working
1: on number six.
0: Oh, you have five out. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I'm kind of – I'm still stuck on kind of country right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's the last one. The, the next one's gonna be. Uh, it's it's kind of country too, but it's not. It's it's. I've got other people playing on it with me, so it's gonna be different and similar. But you know, it's. Uh, I don't know how to. I couldn't just do a country record if if somebody, you know, made me do it. I, I just write the songs and just record them, and they come out the way they come out. Only reason I called the last one kind of country is because that's what I thought it sounded like, you know. So this one's just—it's whatever. It's—it's not—it's not exactly like that, but it's not—it's not punk rock, you know. It's more like blues and sort of dark country, which blues and country is kind of the same to me, you know. It's just one more chord in country and you know cowboy boots and stuff, you know.
0: I could agree to that. <laughs> I yeah. definitely agree to that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I've been living in the South for a long time and, you know, you just kind of, there's a lot of people playing. Even punk rock guys are playing country, you know, that they, they, they grew up on Hank Williams and uh, the Misfits, you know, so but it we we have that in common. I'm like, yeah, the, it just, it just seems to come out, but they still have that punk rock attitude about everything. So it's just got more of an edge to it, you know?
0: So we can expect an album from you soon. Oh, I don't know.
1: It's, uh, it's I would say it's about half done, but I still got I'm I'm not in Nashville right now. I'm in Kentucky, so I gotta go down there <laughs> and do stuff. You know, so it's 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 only two and a half hours away, but I don't have a car so I gotta borrow a car to go down there. And I'll just have to spend a couple of days and tweak it here and there and work with the guys I'm working with and they there's you know, while while I'm up here they're still getting people like, oh, I think we need a, you know, fiddle on this one. So I'll call this guy and, uh, you know, and I said, yeah, you know, see what you can do. And then once I get there, if I like it, we use it. If I don't, we don't. I'm looking 80. forward to it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. It's already good. So it's going to be better. So,
0: okay. Is there anything you'd like to plug in before we wrap this up?
1: No. You know, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, I'm just on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, but I can't figure it out um <laughs> you know I mean, I can answer other people's messages, but I can't figure out how to post one um so I only did that to try to get in touch with some of the my old friends that aren't on Facebook, you know but uh uh you can if people want to get in touch with me, you know my email is yvon seven 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 at gmail dot com you know I answer all the mail, and uh I have two sites on facebook I post. Old photos and anything I can find or whatever, and some of my old friends are on there too. And uh, if I want to sell something, like you know, if I find some posters or old T-shirts or whatever, I'll say, hey, anybody want this? You know. So, but if you want to find me, all you got to do is Google me. I'm sure you find me a hundred times.
0: Yeah. Don't you have a book out?
1: Yeah, I came out a couple of years ago. It's called Misery Obscura, and it's uh, just about my time from like high school when I started shooting the Misfits through Danzig and, and there's some paintings in there and that's on everybody loves it. Great. I'm working on another one, you know, so yeah who knows when I'll be out, but I've been working on it for a while, but just got to clean up photos, which take takes a long time to work on the negatives and, and find old stuff that I didn't realize I'd even taken, you know, so there's a lot of good, you know, pictures. No one's ever seen. You know, because I still had a lot of stuff I didn't get to use. So that one's going to come out hopefully in the next year or so. Where can we
0: get Misery up here?
1: Uh, Amazon's got it all the time. All right. Um, it's, uh, the, the, the uh, publisher is called Bazillion Points. And it's just like it sounds. Um, you know, uh, not million, not zillion, it's bazillion. <laughs> um, but you could, yeah, you just, you can uh, type in Misery Obscura, go to Google, type in Misery Obscura, Irivan, and it'll come up. It's, it's all over eBay as well, you know, but Amazon's got it all the time. This is Dave, and this is
0: the, my joke of the week. A guy walks into a doctor's office with a frog on his head. The doctor says, what's the problem? The frog said, I don't know, it all started out with a bump on my ass. Oh, there's the music and you know what that means means we're out of time how about that for a season two finale bombshell thank you all for listening and giving us two great seasons we just keep improving and making upgrades and hopefully it shows maybe if you go back to the first episode and listen till now you'll see all the difference in how much we've grown lots of new and exciting guests to come in season three along with a few surprises so be sure you stay tuned If you'd like to submit a joke of the week, you can send it in a voice message here or as a Facebook message. And thanks again for giving us two great seasons we couldn't do without you. We'll see you in a few weeks. This is your host, Rob Lyon, signing off.